It's great to be here. How many of you excited to be here? About half of you. Excellent. How many of you really excited to be here? Brilliant. Another three. Um, so uh, tonight we're continuing a series that we've called Life Goals. And um, the whole series is predicated on the understanding that all of us in different ways, shapes, and forms have goals for our lives. Some of them are articulated and some of them aren't yet fully worked out yet, but basically we have things we want to achieve. We have things we want to see happen in our lives. And many of our life goals are relational goals. You know, I want to be a really good friend when I find some. I want, I want, I want, to, find, I want to be a, a great father to my kids. I want to be an amazing husband. I want to, I want to build relationally uh, uh, as part of a church family. There are, there are goals that I have that are relational. And the whole series is predicated on the understanding that if you follow Jesus, if you say, I'm, I'm up for following Jesus, I want to be like Jesus, I want to place Jesus at the, uh, at the heart of my life and my understanding that every relationship that we build is based on our relationship with God. That's what we're trying to say. The baseline of every relationship, whether it's a, uh, you know, I'm, I'm single and I want to be f- have friends, or whether it's I'm dating as we did last week, or whether it's marriage that we're talking about today, or whether it's parenting, the baseline relationship is, you know what, I want to follow Jesus. He, he is the authority of my life. It's not what everyone else is doing, or what people have always done even. Or even what I think in any particular moment or how I feel, it's Jesus. It's what he's said, it's what he's saying, it's how I can look more like Jesus. And the the second thought is this, is that if that's true of our lives, then that should inform every single relationship. That the way Jesus does things, who Jesus is and what Jesus is doing should inform the way I am a friend. It should inform the way in which I parent my children. It should radically inform the way in which we do marriage one with another. It should inform every single relationship in our lives so those relationships look like Jesus. And and last week we talked in um, in this congregation, this gathering, about dating. Some of you loved it. Some of you were weirded out by the whole thing. Some of you hated it and aren't here anymore. Um, but, but, and, and last Sunday morning, we talked about marriage. And uh, what we thought was, although many of you today will not be married, it's really, really important that we talk about marriage in a community of people who either are not yet married or might be moving towards marriage. Because, because for two reasons. Firstly, You know, marriage is probably the most significant model that we've got given by God for us to understand God's relationship with us. It is. I mean, you know, God wants to build a covenant relationship with us. He loves us because he loves us because he loves us. God wants to show his love, his self-giving love to us. And the best possible way we can do it, even though it's a shadow of it, even though it's a poverty of it, the best possible way is this, this thing called marriage that we've been given. The second reason why it's really important is we don't do marriage very well, generally in our society, in our culture. You know, the statistics are horrendous 
with, with, with what's going on with marriage. Almost one in every two marriages fails and falls. Why is that true? Well, because it's just tough. It's hard to be married. It's hard to be, for, for, go the long distance with somebody who lives in and around your life for 30 to 40 years. It, it, is, it is difficult to do. And secondly, I think, because the enemy's primary relational attack is against marriage because he knows that it's the best model that we've got for the love of God towards us. So he just wants to take it out and go, this is a piece of nonsense. So what we're going to, to do today is I'm going to give just a, a very, very brief, some very, very brief principles around relationships and, and, and the marriage relationship. And then I'm going to interview some friends who include my wife. And... Um, who's my best friend, I'm hoping that I'm hers. Um, and <laughs> we'll see by the end of the interview. And, and uh, what I want to do is to get just really real around this marriage thing. How do we do it? What challenges have we found? Where do we fall down? Where do we struggle? Where, 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 where is this um, just the great joy? How can we do it better? And the ambition is this, that all of us would model this relational piece really well so that they would look like Jesus. Now, look, I know that significant numbers of you are not married, and for some of you this is a painful thing because you have been married and it didn't work. For some of you it's a weird thing because even anyone talking about marriage just weirds you out, a bit of, particularly if you're any of my children here today. Uh, and and for, some, for some of you it's just like not, not what you want, expected to, to, to hear when you showed up at the six o'clock gathering at Central because of the age demographic. I recognize that. But can I encourage you to listen in? Listen in for two reasons. Firstly, every principle will be a principle that you can take into any relationship which will help you look like Jesus. Secondly, many of you statistically in this room will do this thing called marriage and we don't set each other up very well to do it. So here is a setup. How do we do this really well? I'd love you to turn your Bibles to Philippians chapter 2. And um, this is going to be the, the quickest teach you've ever had from me. Um, but here it is. Philippians chapter 2. And... In Philippians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul is speaking. The Apostle Paul, who is not married, as far as we are aware, certainly his wife isn't with him most of the time. If he is married, she's definitely at home and wondering where he went to. <laughs> That's not scripted, by the way. Uh, Philippians chapter 2, and the Apostle Paul's writing, and he's writing to a church, a, a very significant church in the, um, in the early church movement. And, uh, and he's writing about love and about how we do relationship one with another. Listen really carefully. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. 
Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And you know the, the, the song, it's actually a song uh, that the early church, I think, would sing, goes on to talk about how Jesus gave himself on a cross because he loves us so much. So just, I wanted to leave you with, at the start of our conversation with three um, principles. Um, if you are married or if you're contemplating marriage or if one day you will be married, which I think will be helpful to you. The first is this. Jesus is the model. Nobody else. So you're going to hear some really helpful advice around the, the sofas this evening, but none of these marriages are the model. They'll come up with some great ideas that will help you massively in your marriage and in your relationships, but none of them are the model. Hollywood is not the model, thank you, Jesus. Um, neither is OK Magazine or anybody else that you've ever seen, negative or positive, the model is Jesus. His grace, his compassion, his mercy, his truth, his life. He's the model. And if in your marriage and if in your relationship you find yourself pursuing Jesus and saying, I'm trying to look more like Jesus. We are trying to look more like Jesus. We're trying to look more like his grace. We're trying to look more like his forgiveness. We're trying to look more like his truth. Then you will not go far wrong as an example. He's the model, not you, not anybody else. The second thought is this. Um, you are the project. You're the project. See, it's that easy, isn't it, to look in any relationship that you have, particularly in marriage, at the other person and go, if only they would change, if only they could be more demonstrative, if only they would uh, show more love to me, if only they would articulate how they feel better, if only, and actually I think it works only when you realize you're the project. That the transformation that God wants to do through you needs to start in you that God is doing a great work and what he's doing is conforming you more and more and more to his son Jesus and so what he's doing with you is he's rounding off the rough edges he's raising up the insecurities he's smoothing the paths which are which which are all crooked and he's doing something in you if your prayer in marriage or in relationship is, God, would you continue to do that work in me so that tomorrow I look more like Jesus? Would you give me more patience, more kindness, more self-control? And, and if you stop looking at the other person and saying, if only they had more kindness, more self-control, then, then you stand a much better chance to make this marriage thing work. Third thought. The vehicle is we, not me. You know, one of the things that we'll, we'll, we'll um, begin to think through and talk through as we ask questions is this, that um, there is something really significant about this thing called marriage that is supposed to witness to people who don't yet know Jesus. 
And the moment that we start thinking, how can we, in our marriage relationship, together, look more like what God is doing, be more salt that flavors the world, be more light that illuminates the love of Christ, then we stand a chance of actually going the distance. In other words, when you stop taking the, the, the focus off just yourself, how can this help that then you stand a chance in every relationship. So, he's the model. You're the project. This is the vehicle. And we're going to commit ourselves to it. So, I'm going to pray for us. That's, that's the shortest sermon you've ever heard from me. Isn't that amazing? So I should do that every week, shouldn't I? No, don't answer that. That's... Let me pray for us, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invite some amazing friends up who are going to give us some amazing wisdom. And you're going to, you know, it's, it's a big thing, isn't it, for people to come up and sit. I mean, I do it all the time, but I'm used to it. But it's an amazing thing for people to come up and sit and just be honest about what's going on with them, isn't it? So when they come, I want you to encourage them, I want you to whoop them, I want you to cheer them, I want you to be for them. Let's pray. Jesus. In, um, in this very different way of doing a uh, teach, would you speak? Would you speak to encourage? Would you speak to challenge? Would you speak to bless us? Would you speak your truth? So, Jesus, would you come and bless marriages and bless relationships and bless hearts and bring healing even in these words that are being spoken? We ask this in the name of Jesus for his glory. Amen. I want you to give uh, Eddie and Katie Backler and Kirsty and Jonathan Dean and Nicola Martin a massive round of applause as they come and we're going to uh, do a wee bit of an interview. Brilliant. Kirsty, do you want to grab that microphone? There you go. Perfect. Amazing. Uh, great. Thank you for being willing to do this. And uh, they were just so keen. It's amazing. Um, and, um, well, I'm sure you are. Um, I, I wanted to start with a really cliched um, uh, introduction and, and find out how you met each other and all this kind of stuff. But I realized as I was thinking that through that Nikki and I met three weeks later, we were engaged. Six months later, we were married. And I proposed to her um, after a night in the pub overlooking an oil refinery. So I, d I, wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't sure that would go down really well for our relationship. So let's not be cliched. And um, I, I want to ask you, uh, just, just introduce yourself, say how long you've been married and then the supplementary question is this. I want you to describe your partner in two descriptive words uh, so that everyone else can hear uh, what you think of each other. Okay, so, uh, <laughs> Kirsty, uh, just in introduce, introduce your, your couple and, yeah. uh, and go for it. Sorry, I feel like you over here, we've got our backs to you, but... We will try and speak to all of you. Um, so yeah, um, I'm Kirsty. This is Jonathan. We have been married for almost two years, so not long. Um, we are still learning. Um, and yeah, describe Jonathan in two words. Can I be nice or should I be horrible? Um, I describe you as wise and loving. Yeah. Come on. 
That's great. Jonathan, beat that. This is a terrible question, can I just say? It's not, it's really not <laughs> a terrible question. You kind of want to be funny, but then if you're funny, that's going to backfire later. <laughs> I would just, I'm honestly, just go with your gut. Okay, gut says, don't, don't be funny. Um, <laughs> so, my two words are colour, because I think you bring lots of colour to the world, and caring, because I think you're incredibly caring. That didn't get an R. There you go, there you go. So that's like almost as good as Kirsty's, I think. Uh, Eddie and Katie. Um, hello there. We've been married for 16 years. And it was actually our anniversary last week. <clears throat> and the card, I know, the card that I gave Eddie described him as hot and smoking, my hot smoking husband. So. <laughs> uh, whoa, 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 whoa. We're not, I don't think we're past the watershed yet. <laughs> 709. Um, but really, the two words that come to mind, first of all, when I think of Eddie, are kind and fun. <laughs> yeah. You got yours in hot smoking. <laughs> so we, we did this this morning, and uh, I got dogs abused for saying my two words were hubba hubba. <laughs> so I'm, uh, ha hands up who would want to give him dogs abuse if he said that this evening? No, but no, nobody. They so I'm it. not going to say that. <laughs> uh, my two words for Katie are precious and selfless. Brilliant. Okay, golly, lots of pressure. Um, we've been married for t nearly 24 years. Um, yeah, anniversary next month. Um, so I won't waste the word handsome because you can already see that he's handsome. So <laughs> I think my um, two words would be that Carl's strong and fun. Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my two words for Nikki would be um, beautiful inside and out and kind. You have a kindness about you, which is remarkable. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you know, the reason I'm, I'm dwelling on that is because this is, this is going to count as a date night for us. Okay, just saying. <laughs> We're getting to talk on a sofa. It's the, the whole deal. But let's get serious. Um, um, in Genesis chapter 2, at the very start of um, the whole creation thing, God ordains this thing called marriage. And um, in, in the verses where it describes marriage, um, God talks about the two becoming one. Um, and, uh, you know, if you've grown up in church, you get used to that kind of thing, the two become one, the two become one. But actually, when you begin to think about it, it's a bit of a weird thing, really the whole two become one thing, you know, because you've got two people who've grown up, created in the image of God, with all their own personalities and giftings, and then suddenly they're expecting to become one unit in the community and one unit in life. Um, uh, how does that work? Um, and so that, that's the, the first question. The second question is, do, you know, are, are there differences in, in, in who you are? And, or did you marry, Jonathan, did you marry like a, a female version of yourself? Or, you know, actually, are there, are, and are there differences? And does that cause complexity and clashes? How do you, how do you operate in, in, in all those things? So, um, two become one. And how do you make that kind of thing work so that there's one unit when you're very different, if you are? Okay, so... 
I'll try the first one and you can do the second one. Okay, good. Um, I th <laughs> that's how it works, this kind of agreements. Um, I, th I think the two becoming one, I feel like a lot of people gave us the warning of the first year of marriage, you know, just be prepared, you know you're in love and everything, but this is it's usually quite hard. I didn't feel like it was that hard. Did you? No, not, not really. Um, <laughs> I find it less hard. But I think there are, there are lots of little things. I think the thing I've, that I've learned and maybe we've learned is, is around as time goes on and maybe as, um, as, yeah, as you get into second year and, and that's as far as we've got, but, but a lot of the little things that start to require you to pay more attention to and, and I think you can start to see that, that marriage over years is built up on these tiny, tiny little decisions and tiny little conversations that you choose to have or choose not to have. I mean, without wanting to get very personal, but but wanting to get quite personal, um, just maybe just see if you could dig into one or two of those things that um, that you what you need, you know you need to pay more attention to. Yeah, yeah. So I think so. The one I was thinking about is socially. I think a lot of things are, we found like living together first year into our flat was great, but I think re kind of calibrating friendships and community when we both had our separate lives and what does that mean when you kind of come together. Yeah. Um, so I think us trying to work, work that one through um, and be kind of planned about it, but also not be too planned about it and be quite, you know, live life and keep it spontaneous. I think that's, that's definitely been a, been a big one. And I'll let you talk about the other side. How are we different? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we are different. Every human being is different. And so there are things that, you know, we, we, we do things differently. And, um, but then I think in some ways we're actually quite similar. And that sometimes is the hard stuff as well, where we are like one another. Sometimes that can grate as much as the stuff that we find ourselves polar opposite in. Um, I, I guess John likes to spend time relaxing, socializing, we'll see as many people in a short space of time as possible, have as many conversations. Um, whereas my chilling out time is very much quiet, maybe with a book, maybe drawing, no one really around. And so we've had to learn how to, I guess, re relax and socialize where John would quite happily spend every single evening seeing someone else. And I would want to just you know, stay in. So that's been a huge compromise. Um, I think I've had to learn how to enjoy spending more time with other people as well. I think I found that quite difficult at the beginning. Yeah. Um, but it's something, I feel like that's a, a gift I've had to give to John in order for us to spend time with other people because I don't want you going off every evening socializing with different people while I stay at home because I know that's not going to yeah. be healthy for our relationship. Um, that's a great. That's a great phrase. Let me move move that phrase on to you guys. Um, uh, uh, the gift that you have to give to one another in order for this to flourish. Can you think of, of you know, you've been married much longer, um, and uh, as you get married, you have to continue to give of yourself in order for this thing to flourish. Can you think of ways in which you have had to gift each other um, in order for the difference in your relationship to not become a problem, but to become a a blessing. <laughs> I gift you the microphone. 
so I suppose it, in some ways it's quite similar to what Kirsty was saying there in that um, I'm more like Jonathan and I like having people around me all the time and Eddie um, loves being around people too but likes a bit more quiet time and so actually that's that's a way we can gift each other by actually me recognising that and choosing to spend time at home with Eddie um, and him choosing to be around big groups more when it maybe isn't his choice. Um, and I think, you know, Nikki, you were talking this morning about love languages. There's, there's different ways that we both understand um, how we're loved, but they're not the same. So, you know, Eddie really appreciates quality time and physical affection. And for me, it's all about, you know, acts of service um, at this stage in life. When we were first going out and first married, holding hands was amazing. I loved that. Now I just want him to put the rubbish out, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, you know, we've had to learn that about each other. And so the way, the way I receive love from Eddie is, is different to the way I show him love. And, and that's actually a gift because it's not the way I would choose to show him love. Um, because my natural tendency would be to choose, you know, to choose to clean up after him. <laughs> Whereas he's like, whatever, can we just go and hang out? Very, very romantic date nights when I'm doing the hoovering and taking out the rubbish. <laughs> I think in all of this, what, what you have to have is the perspective of, of recognizing that actually two coming together is greater, the, the, the collective is greater than the two individual parts, and having that as your aim, being excited about that, thinking I'm not the finished article. So actually here in Katie is God's gift to me to actually make me and therefore us together a better version of what I already am. So looking and seeing those things in her, seeing that outgoing part of her, seeing the creativity part of her. So learning that about myself. But the other side of that is championing that in one another. So we're looking and seeing things, recognizing things in the other person that we don't have in ourselves. And that it's so natural sometimes in the other person that maybe they don't see it. So actually calling it out. Um, really encouraging, encouraging Katie to go for things. To you can see things. You can see, for example, a sense of of creativity. So, you know, in the last couple of years, the the sacrifice, if you like, has been more of time. So, giving Katie time to go and do some painting lessons, to go and learn how to make a book, to go and do picture framing classes, and all this thing, all that stuff. So, my so that's an act of service on my part. So, I, I'm at home doing the hoovering and putting the kids to bed. But I'm totally, totally excited because I see Katie flourishing, becoming, she's becoming more, a better version of her, and therefore so are we. That's brilliant. Thank you, Eddie. Um, there you go. You got a clap there. <laughs> Hot and smoking, apparently. Um, Nikki, um, are you just a, a, a female version of me? <laughs> God forbid. Please, no. <laughs> how, how does this work? I mean, do we, do we, we've been married a long time and you've put up with a lot of stuff. Um, how, <laughs> how, how, have we, how have we managed to do this and, and how, how do we, we'll talk about conflict in a moment. I'll give you the microphone. <laughs> He's brave to give me the microphone after a question like that. Um, I think... You know, yeah, we are very different, very different personalities. Um, I am, yeah, much quieter. Carl's the extreme extrovert. Um, and I think um, 
yeah, how we have managed it, you know, we're both recognized that we're imperfect, you know, and when two imperfect people come together and they're not going to make perfection, we try to be the better than, you know, together um, and champion exactly what Eddie and Katie and Kirsty and Jonathan have been saying to try and um, what is it that we can bring out in each other um, that can help one another to be the better people together. Um, and yeah, I did speak this morning when we did this about love languages um, because Carl's and my love languages are very different. So, But for years, Carl, he loves gifts um, and he also loves giving gifts. So, I mean, he would, you know, some women would think I'm mad by not, you know, loving the gifts, but he'd come and be really excited. Like on Christmas Eve, he'll be saying, Nikki, Nikki, open your present for Christmas Day. And I'm like, no, I want to wait for Christmas Day. <laughs> you know, he just loves giving gifts. Um, and he couldn't understand why I just wasn't really that excited about it. Um, I'd say, thank you. That's lovely. And that was it. Um, 20 odd. Yeah, for 20 odd years. Mind you, they weren't diamonds. It might be different if they were diamonds. <laughs> but um, I think my quality, yeah, my, my love language is um, quality time um, and acts of service as well, which Carl, is, it's a nightmare for Carl because he doesn't have a lot of time and to to actually do acts of service as well is is um, is hard. So I must admit, my favourite um, present that he ever gave me was a journal that he actually made himself, um, because I knew that he'd really poured a lot of time into it, um, and that was just really lovely for me. So that's how we're kind of different. Was that the question? I can't remember now. <laughs> that's great. Like. For for a guy that's uh, busy and uh, and is into gifts, quality time and acts of service are like the worst possible combination. <laughs> but we're learning to grow. Um, conflict, <laughs> guys. I want to talk about conflict because um, um, conflict is not always a negative thing. It helps bring out um, sometimes the better in us. Um, it can be difficult, um, uh, but it's not something we talk about an awful lot. Um, fighting well in marriage. Um, and so I'll give you just an opportunity to, to think about that. Um, Nikki and I, um, you know, we may look like we got it all together, but we fight. Um, not dreadfully, but we, we do argue and fight, and it's usually my fault, and it's usually me being stubborn. Someone said to me um, at the very start of our, ministry, uh, of our marriage, gave us a verse of scripture that, that says, never let the sun go down on your anger. And it's been absolutely massive for us. Um, just that verse of scripture to know that actually it's not right for God to be angry and to go to bed. Um, and there have been a number of nights in our marriage when I have slept downstairs. Uh, and, and then, in, and actually that's not because Nikki's kicked me out. It's because I've just been right <laughs> in a kind of pathetic male childish huff. Uh, I've gone there since I'm right, that's it, I'm, uh, whatever. And, but it's been that principle and that verse of scripture that's made me crawl miserably uh, back to bed to sort it out with my wife. Um, so conflict in marriage. Can you give us some in input into what makes you, what, what brings about conflict? And how do you go about resolving it in a kind of Jesus way? Um, and 
we'll go with Katie and then, and then we'll move on to the other sofa. Yeah, okay. I think, you know, when you talk about conflict, um, there's a personality aspect to it. So Eddie and I wouldn't describe ourselves as fighters, particularly with each other or with anyone else. So I think for us, the danger is more that we bottle things up and actually just don't talk about them at all. Um, and so I think that's just something that we've, we're aware of and that we've learned to do well. And I think ultimately, um, yeah, we, we, I suppose if we're working from the basis that we, that we love each other and really we want the best for each other, um, then it's a much easier place to start when you're uh, discussing your disagreements. Um, and I suppose we've just learned to, to come to a place where we're able to compromise uh, when some battles lose others. Um, yeah, and, and move forward that way. I suppose an, an example of conflict, an example of differences, a very small one could be uh, getting out to church on a Sunday morning yes. when, with us and, and our four children. And Katie often tells me that I move at the pace of a snail. I'm sort of three miles an hour, just looking around, enjoying what's happening, where she's like a whirlwind. She's doing jobs and getting people ready and everything's happening and I'm blissfully unaware of what's going on. And that, that's, that's a potential area. No, that's a real area. Or conflict. <laughs> so, Eddie, how can you how can you best serve Katie in those well, I moments? Have, I have to crank the speed up a little bit in that situation. <laughs> so, just recognise that actually there there are, are four children to get dressed and teeth done and breakfasted. So, an amusing example, but nonetheless, that that shows where where there are differences and different uh, different ways of going about things. So, my learning in it is has been to speed up a little bit more. Brilliant. And you guys, are, like you've been married two years, you, you can't have had any fights or any disagreements or any conflicts, but um, maybe you can hint of something that might in the future become a challenge for you. Yeah, we've had lots of conflict, but it's good. And I think... Um... <laughs> Jonathan's looking like, I know. tell me about this conflict. <laughs> well, I, I, no, I do. I think conflict is... I think conflict is really is healthy because it means that you start to to talk about what's difficult and um in our marriage preparation we did we went through the alpha um marriage preparation course and they talk about um people's uh, reactions to conflict being kind of two way you're either like a hedgehog where you retreat and kind of keep it all in or you're like a rhino and you just bam go and straight ahead I, I guess we both would say that we're kind of hedgehog like in that when conflict arises we both kind of keep it all in and actually that makes it really difficult because I'd say I'm a little bit I've got a little bit more rhino in me than John does um, and so I have to I've had to work really hard at maybe I don't know the beginning of the week kind of like I kind of think something's wrong I I don't really know what it is, but I'll try anyway. And I'll say, okay, John, is something wrong? Do you want to talk about something? And he'll be like, no, 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 it's fine. I'm like, okay. And then I think I've had to just learn to, to wait and to let John come to me and talk to me when he is ready. Um, I also think quite often where there's conflict, it's sometimes not really about us. Um, I... I'm a woman and I'm quite emotional sometimes and I um, maybe have had a bad week and 
just a small example. We went out for yeah, on Friday night, and um, I <laughs> we were in a restaurant, and on the specials menu was jam, roly, poly, and custard. And I was like, yes, I want that. It's Friday night. And then when the waiter came, and I ordered my pudding, they had no jam, roly, poly, and custard. Horrendous. And um, it was, it was awful. And so I decided, I just was like, oh, I'm not having pudding then. I'm just, I'm not having pudding. That was what I wanted. And John made a comment about me being a little bit picky. And <laughs> I, in that moment, burst into tears in a restaurant, in public. Um, and actually, do you know what? In another moment, I could have laughed it off and been like, yeah, well, you know, whatever, I am a bit picky. But I, there was stuff going on at work and at home, in my family. And so that little thing meant that we had conflict in that moment. And anyone in the restaurant could have looked on and gone, mm, look at him calling his wife picky. But really, <laughs> really, it's my, it, was, <laughs> it was my stuff Just in that like moment. Just like everyone else here is thinking the same thing. Jonathan. Do you want the mic? <laughs> that was one, one word as part of a much bigger conversation. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. See, one, one piece of advice, never justify, just go, just accept it. Okay. I'm not going to justify it, but the waiter was, the waiter did come across and then kind of retreated quite quickly. Yeah, but I, I think that emotional versus head thing, I think I'm learning about, I think, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely... I think the thing I've learned about is when do I just need to call out something I'm annoyed about or frustrated about or um, even it's just a question and normally my, my response is just to uh, ignore it. And I think actually what I realised a gift for Kirsty is sometimes just to say those things even though they might be tiny, tiny things or I don't even know what, what's behind them but actually just to, to get it out there I think is often really important. Thanks guys. Um, just we're running short of time, um, but uh, um, one thing that's often spoken about these days, these days, sound like an old man, is people having a vision for their marriage. And um, I kind of get it, um, but I think the vision shifts and changes. I'm much more interested in values in marriage, which are kind of uh, deeper perhaps, um, more characteristics of how we've chosen to, to uh, live our married life. And, um, and so let's just talk a little bit about, you know, just one or two quickly things that you've decided this is going to characterize the way in which we're going to do marriage. And the, the vision may change and the, the environment might, might change. But so, Nick, maybe just um, talk around that a little bit and then we'll, we'll move on. Yeah, I think when we come to think about our values, um, I think we've always um, had an open home. Um, so we would want to always have an open welcome home environment, um, I think, and be generous um, to others in that, um, in relationship, in whatever way we can be, show Jesus' generosity. And I think it is about Jesus' love, showing that unconditional love whenever we can to one another, um, but also to others too. So I think that would be our values. And just to add, to add to that, one of the things that we've talked an awful lot about is that, that one of the primary principles of relationship as far as God is concerned is that, is that we are stewards of all our relationships. Um, in, in the same way that we are stewards of our children. We don't own our children. Our children are a gift from God to us and we get to 
to, to love them, to train them, and to parent them, but ultimately um, it enables us to include other people in, in that. And I think we feel the same about our marriage, that, that our marriage is a gift from God. It doesn't belong to us, and therefore we're not to um, become exclusive in this, but we want to for this to make a difference in the world. Guys? Um, I think some of our values would be to have God at the center of our marriage, so praying and studying God's word together and learning together. Um, to be uh, kind and caring towards others, sharing what we have, whether that's our homes or our family or our money. Um, and I think a big one for us is just investing in other people as well. So those are some of the things off the top of our head. Go on. Quickly. Go for it. You want me to say? Yeah. Okay, so, yeah. I agree with all of those, of course. And I suppose some others more in terms of just a marriage relationship, especially one as time goes on, is just being quite purposeful and intentional about it. So it's very easy for any relationship, especially a marriage, to drift. You just get into a rhythm, you get into a routine, it just goes and goes. So being really purposeful about it, looking ahead, planning, being intentional, thinking of things to do, um, being curious, so developing, wanting to see how do we, what, what else can we learn? What else can we find out? What can we find out about each other? What can we help each other with? How do we have that constant desire to want to learn and to want to grow and to want to progress together? Because I guess looking at the marriage relationship, as we've said, every other relationship that we have comes out of that. So if this is vibrant and flourishing and exciting and something that we just love being part of, then that's going to overflow into our kids, into our friends, into our workplaces, wherever it happens to be. So there's, there's a real uh, onus on us to uh, make those decisions, to be purposeful and intentional uh, about how we spend our time. Thanks, Eddie. Guys? Yeah, I, th I think to, uh, kind of the thread that I hear in through these as well is about the kind of outward nature of it, that the values that define us are about how we are with the world outside of us. And someone said... We've just only recently started to think about this, but someone said, if someone's to stay with you for a couple of weeks at your at your place, what would be the things, without you yeah. telling them that they would leave and have kind of inherited or, or got a glimpse of and say, do you know what, John and Kirsty, these are the things they're about. Um, so if, I think to create values that are just about us internally in the absence of how do we connect with the outside world would be um, a bit pointless, but I think what's, that's been a really useful way to think about it. And so... And I guess for our marriage, it directs our kind of attitude from beyond just the, you know, this way, but actually to out to, to who, you know, who is this for? Who can we be for beyond beyond us? Thank you. Brilliant. Um, we're going to close in just a, just a moment, but um, uh, I want you to find a one-sentence piece of advice, um, uh, or two if you really need them. Um, and Jonathan and Kirsty are going to give a piece of advice to people who are just newly married. Okay, so you're newly married, you've learned some stuff by success, failure, you know, learning as you go along. And, uh, and then Eddie and Katie are going to give a piece of advice to people who've been married a bit longer and how to keep this thing fresh. And Nick is going to give a piece of advice to people who might be, want to be married and how do I go about posturing myself if I'd love to be married. So go for it, guys. Do we get one sentence each? Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Um, probably my piece of advice would be learn how to communicate well early on and ask how we are 
if that makes sense. Ask how your relationship is often. I would almost have said that one, so I will say um, just to have lots of fun. I think that's really important and to prioritise that, particularly first couple of years. Brilliant. Eddie. Time together, just the two of you. Time together, whether that's walking to a coffee shop, taking a walk in a park, going away for a weekend, just time together to be together. And part of that will, will include um, talk and deep and meaningful chat, and, and part of it won't. You're just being together. So I think uh, time together, that's what I would say. Thanks. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and I would also just say, um, don't get lazy. I think when you're, you've been together for a while, it's easy to just get used to each other and take each other for granted. Um, and, you know, there's a friendship as well as a marriage, so just don't get lazy in that. Keep making the effort and choosing to be interested in each other, choosing to encourage each other, choosing to listen to each other. And I think my advice for people who aren't married yet um, and who perhaps want to get married is um, <clears throat> not to be too serious about it. There are a lot of people who kind of strive, I need to get a man or I need to get a woman, actually invest in all your relationships you have already um, and give of yourself. Um, the values as well, what we've been hearing is, um, you know, has that person got the same values as you? Do they love Jesus as much as you do? And um, yeah, enjoy, don't, just not, don't be too serious and see what God does. Brilliant. Isn't that fantastic? Well, listen, um, in just a moment, we'd love to pray for marriages, but let's just pause for a moment and give these guys a massive round of applause for their honesty and openness. And um, and, and here's the deal, you know, um, for some of you, that would have been really helpful, really useful, thinking through some of the stuff that you're engaged in. Some of you are thinking, well, I'm not really sure about that. But the principles at the heart of it, and the principles at the heart of who God is and what God is, is doing amongst us, apply across the board. What we'd love to do, and this may work slightly differently than it worked this morning, is we would love as we close our gathering and we, we worship Jesus and say, Jesus, you are the primary relationship in all of our relationships your these way relationships are totally con connected to your this way relationship. You can't say you've got it going on with Jesus and not have it going on with the people that Jesus has brought into your life. It doesn't work, it doesn't work that way. So uh, everything flows from the point of that relationship. What we'd love to do is we'd love to pray for marriages. And we don't do this very often, so I don't think this is, they've got a weird thing about marriage in this church. We really don't do this very often. But tonight we'd love to pray for marriages. And we don't want to do it in a weirdy, weirdy way. We just want to bless the marriages that are here. Are we up for that? And, and we're not, we're not going to, you know, we're going to, in a moment we're going to get up. Our prayer team are going to be at the front. And we're just going to pray a blessing of God on marriages. So if you're here as a marriage part, uh, as, 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 a, as a couple, or even if you're here on your own, but you'd love to pray for your marriage, then come down the front, we just pray God's blessing over you. No one's going to counsel you or ask, give, give you advice or input or anything strange. We're just going to pray the blessing of God on your marriage. Your marriage may be amazing. It may just be wonderful in every way. And you're sitting there thinking, I could have sat on that sofa and 
given some amazing answers. Brilliant. I just want to pray for, pray for more of that. Your marriage may be a struggle. All of us at different times have struggles in our, in our marriages. We'd love to pray the blessing and favor of God on your marriage. And those of us who are not married would love to join in on that. Because, you know, if it goes well, if it goes well for others, it goes well for us. Doesn't it? If we're a family. So let's, let's stand together. And let's begin to worship. In a moment or two, we're going to break bread and uh, drink wine together. But just in these moments, I think the band are going to come and we're going to worship Jesus. And we'd love to bless and pray for marriages. So don't take time. The, the, the prayer ministry team are going to be at the front, not at the side. And we're going to just press, um, pray and bless marriages. Eddie and Katie are going to come and, and pray. Kirsty and Jonathan can't because they're leading us in worship, multitasking. Um, but let's just, God, we love you. And we love the people that you bring into our lives. We love the values of the kingdom of God. We love the way in which you convict and encourage us. And we ask your blessing now on the marriages in this room. Would they flourish? Would they flourish? We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.